is the remix. I don't have any expectations on that. Dan's statement that he put out was that he was exploring that, and we will continue to work with him on that. Satisfied with the effort? We just got smashed. Like, what are we talking about here, guys? You want to see guys affected to a certain degree. You don't want to see them affected to where it affects their performance the next week, you know. But um, it, it means that it means something to the guy if, if it's, you know, it's shaken up a little bit by it. So you always want to see that it, that it matters, but not too much to the point where it throws you off the, the next week. He's, I mean, he's his, um, you know, I've, I, I've mentioned. It was for me, to be honest. It was complete <laughs> But I try to be a gentleman. No, it was actually, he's a, yeah, I mean, look, it was a great play he made. I'm happy he's got the ball. I wish I didn't throw it, but I'm trying to be a good sport. Because a lot of times I'm not a good sport. I could be a pretty bad sport. And so in the moment when they get me in the right frame of mind, I'm actually a good sport. Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Adam Candy is in today for Ed Graney. Ed will be back tomorrow. All right. I uh, might say like five words in this segment, mainly because I just need to get Adam's thoughts. Actually, I'll say a little bit more because I got to set this up. Adam, earlier in this week, uh, Danny, degenerate Danny, has been in studio and is very excited because he thinks Brock Purdy has a chance to win uh, rookie of the year in the (laughs) NFL. Um He's he's over here like, listen, if they win all their games or lose just one and he throws for like a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns, he's going to win rookie of the year, whatever. But he's been talking him up. I uh, have seen a few people, uh, Max Kellerman, who's on the show, the national show before we come on, was talking about oh, if Brock Purdy keeps this up. They're going to have to move on from Trey Lance in the offseason. What? How good is Brock Purdy? He is one of the 50 best quarterbacks in the world. <laughs> Thank you. How about that? <laughs> that makes Brock Purdy a good quarterback. Is he the rookie of the year? Did Garrett Wilson die in that lightning strike with Drew Brees? <laughs> I, what did I miss along the road here? Because I don't think that's a possibility. I, I don't think that's happening. Brock Purdy was the final pick of the draft, a guy who, if you go back and look at him from Iowa State, he started as the kind of prospect that you draft in the first round and got progressively worse every year. Brock Purdy would throw up some footballs when he was in Ames where you would say to yourself, are you on the Zach Wilson plan? So I don't know why you could ever coach yourself into thinking that Brock Purdy is going to be good. What? Why, Danny? What what price did you get on Brock Purdy for Offensive Rookie of the Year that you are now taking narcotics and talking yourself into him being a viable NFL quarterback? Uh, he might be by later in the hour, and you can yell at him specifically for that. One of my favorite things that we've learned about Degenerate Daddy is that sometimes he's out here hedging his twelve dollar bet. Oh, it's great! So. It's phenomenal. Yes, it'll be like oh, yeah, I got to oh. hedge this. What did he? What was it? Oh, he. He made a bet in the middle of the baseball season that a team from Texas would win the World Series. And then he was like, they got the Astros in the World Series. Like, I got to hedge this. And I asked him, I was like, how, Danny, how much are you going to win? He's like, oh, like 40 bucks. And I was like, you're hedging like a $20 bet? And then he screwed up his hedge. He accidentally bet Phillies to win game, game one, one, which he won. <laughs> but he didn't even do his hedge properly by picking the Phillies to win the World Series. Degenerate Danny is phenomenal. Okay. Uh, let's stay here for a second. Cause this is the Thursday night game, Seattle against the, uh, 49ers. 
Uh, if the 49ers win tonight, they clinch the NFC West over Seattle. They're already up two games. A win tonight obviously puts them up three games with three left, and this would also clinch the tiebreaker over Seattle. So there'd be no way the Seahawks could pass the 49ers. On the flip side, Seattle wins. They're only a game back with three to play, and that division is in play. Let's go with these. I know there's the report out there that Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, his timeline, he could come back at some point in the playoffs. But just let's assume for the sake of it right now, Brock Purdy is the starting quarterback for the 49ers the rest of the season and the postseason. Can they win the NFC? Can they beat Dallas or Philly? Because the way the playoffs might set up, and I know they reseed, and if there's an upset, it screws everything up. But the way the playoffs might set up, Dallas and Philly would be a divisional round matchup while San Francisco would likely be going to Minnesota. So they might only have to beat one of those two. Is Brock Purdy, is this team good enough to win the NFC with Brock Purdy at quarterback? Did you think they were good enough to win it with Trey Lance? No. Well, they didn't really have Trey Lance long enough for me to be like, yes. Well, but, like, but the beginning of the season. Well, at like, the beginning okay. of the season, did you think that they were competitive in the NFC? Did you think they were a team that could win the NFC with Trey Lance at quarterback? I'm, I'm going to answer your question without answering it. I believe the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo were the second best team in the NFC and thought they can they can win the the uh, the NFC and play in the Super Bowl. Adam and I think I still believe that about this team with Brock Purdy. I believe if Adam was the starting quarterback for the 49ers, they might be the second best team <laughs> in the NFC. And that's pretty much where I'm getting to, Jared, is that Trey Lance made them competitive. Jimmy Garoppolo, who they tried to get rid of, made them competitive. Brock Purdy has made them competitive because it's not about the quarterback in San Francisco. It's absolutely about the running game and about the defense, and it has been for a long time. So, yeah, they can, and they particularly can because, look, the Eagles are very good. But I think if you took the 2022 Eagles and stuck them into any of the last five years in the NFL where there was a truly dominant team, that team would be more than a field goal underdog. For the Philadelphia Eagles would be more than a field goal underdog against that team. They're not that level of good. And so I don't think that the NFC is in any way decided by the fact that San Francisco would have to play against Philadelphia with Brock Purdy at quarterback. I, I'm not worried about that. If the San Francisco 49ers are going to win, it's going to be because the running game gashed the Eagles. And we've seen that to be a possibility, at least depending on Jordan Davis's health. And it's going to be because that defense gave Jalen Hurts problems when we have not seen Jalen Hurts in any sort of a pressure situation yet, right? For all of the things that we can say about how well Jalen Hurts has played, we have not seen him under any sort of circumstance where they absolutely had to win a game. That's when we'll find out whether or not the Eagles are for real. So until that point, yeah, San Francisco can win. There are a few players or topics that seem to come up every time Adam Candy's on the show. Unfortunately, I didn't get any Aaron Rodgers into the show today. But one of them is Lamar Jackson. And uh, if you've listened to this show in the past, you know Adam Candy uh, has some strong opinions Pay on the man. Lamar Jackson. So I know this is going to lead to something good. 
Lamar Jackson uh, has been injured. He didn't practice the last couple of days. Tyler Huntley, by the way, was a full participant, so he might be playing on Saturday in Cleveland instead of, uh, does anybody remember the guy who came in? Was it Anthony Brown? Was that the name it of the guy? It was Anthony Brown. Okay, and it was a very generic name there. Ooh, so Could the 49ers win <laughs> with, with Anthony, Anthony Brown? Brown? So with Lamar Jackson, he's injured. Second year in a row that he's been injured late in the season. It might end up being the second year in a row that the Ravens lose the division to Cincinnati after a Lamar Jackson injury. How should that be factored in to Lamar Jackson's contract discussions with the Ravens this offseason? If you are going to sign Lamar Jackson, and you should, and if you're going to pay him like a top quarterback in the NFL, and you should, then you're baking into the fact that Lamar Jackson is a running quarterback who can throw. That's it. You have to... His rushing ability is so far above and beyond what anybody else at the position offers that you have to factor in that even if you lose him for a game or two, that the games you have him, when you give him a healthy offensive line, when you give him anything that looks like a running back, when you give him a wide receiver for the first time ever, then you will value properly the skill set that Lamar Jackson has because you will see what he's able to do and I'm tired of everyone saying that Lamar Jackson can't throw the football, that Lamar Jackson's teams don't generate enough offense. What is wrong with the Ravens that they can't put an offensive line in front of him? What is wrong with the Ravens that their running backs who got hurt last year are just coming back now? What is wrong with this team that they've never given him a competent wide receiver? Then look at the rest of the league. What have we valued above everything else this year when it comes to quarterbacks? Did Patrick Mahomes win a game by running this year? He did. He beat the Tennessee Titans because he was running for first downs. We talk about Josh Allen as the best quarterback in the league because Josh Allen can run the ball. Why have the Giants been in some way a profitable team this year? Because Daniel Jones can run a little bit. Everyone is looking to add the skill that Lamar Jackson has already. And is the so best if you're looking ass. to add that skill, why exactly is it that we would look at Lamar Jackson and say, Oh, well, I don't know. He gets hurt too much. Really? He's also still in his mid-20s. He's going to be healthy for a longer time than a lot of quarterbacks who are getting big money. right? If Derek Carr is getting $35 million to quarterback a team, why on earth would Lamar Jackson not get $45 million? Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback in every possible way than Derek Carr. So why would you not pay him? Put him on the open market. See what he gets. If you don't think Lamar Jackson should be a franchise quarterback, do me a favor as a Giants fan. You make sure the Ravens let him get to free agency because I will be at Brian Dable's truck door pounding <laughs> on it, saying to him, I will contribute in a GoFundMe any amount of money for you to sign Lamar Jackson. That's what his value on the open market would be every team in the league who does not have Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert would want Lamar Jackson. Uh, help me out on Brian Dable's truck. I can't remember. Was it lifted at all? Like, would you be able to reach the window to knock on it? I'm six two. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure Adam Candy is very tall. Have you guys not seen lifted trucks? I have. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah yes. we've got You're a, from Missouri. I'm, yeah, 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 Tyler. Yes. Yeah. Are you asking me? Yes. Have I lived in Las Vegas? Yes. I've lived in Las Vegas. Yeah. But, I've seen lifted trucks. Actually, I don't uh, think I've ever seen anyone over six foot ever get in one. 
Ah, interesting little dichotomy there, isn't it, Jared? We got a coworker who's a big five four, and he drives one. So, from the team side, Adam, what do you think the Ravens do in the off season? Is this a contentious? They can't come to an agreement situation, and they franchise tag him. Like, what do you think the Ravens actually do? It wouldn't shock me if they franchise tag him, but I believe the Ravens are going to do the right thing here. I really do. I, I They've expressed nothing but love for Lamar. Every John Harbaugh quote that we see talks about how valuable he is to the organization. I wonder if some of this has to do with Lamar Jackson representing himself and maybe this just doesn't go the typical way negotiations go, right? Where we look and as they get close to free agency, everybody feels the urgency to get it done. Maybe because Lamar Jackson represents himself, he doesn't feel the same level of urgency. Maybe Lamar Jackson has that Aaron Judge feeling about himself where it's like, no, I'm cool betting on myself. And maybe this year doesn't work out the way it did for Aaron Judge. But I I cannot imagine the Baltimore Ravens letting Lamar Jackson go. Who's next? Is Tyler Huntley next? No, Anthony Brown. Is Anthony Brown next? Anthony Brown, definitely. All right, coming up next, we go deep inside Candy's Chonies. Candy's Chonies. Eh, nobody cares about that. It's not a big deal. Guys. It is a massive deal. How do you not understand this? Hundreds of corporations have been hacked in the last few years, and no one gave it. Name one. Equifax. Candy's Chonies. Name another. Target. Candy's Chonies. Name another one. PlayStation. Name one more. Yahoo. Another. Marriott. One more. eBay, Uber, Anthem, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Home Depot, Facebook. God damn it. Candy's Chonies. Fine, get UPS, it. Chase Bank, Tumblr, LinkedIn. People don't care about privacy. What they care about is a good story. Adam, it's all yeah. yours. Okay, I have a question for, for Jared, though, because I've, I've now been noticing a pattern. Um, did you just happen to be watching The Big Short when you cut my audio, or or do you just really love that movie? Um, I mean, I really, really, really love that movie. Good enough. But yeah. th- that came from a uh, Apple TV show, an Apple Plus TV show. No, I was thinking back to earlier when when uh, you know oh. the transparent and the self interest part because that, that that's definitely from The Big Short. So right, oh. and that yeah, that also kind of made me laugh because you're. Genuinely one of the nicest people I know. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm so nice that I'm going to let both of you at the same time put your hands inside my chonies if you want. Oh, it's Because uh, we're going to go deep. We're going deep. We're into Candy's chonies. Uh, if you're not familiar with this, uh, I'm going to give Tyler a number of statistics. They are going to, in this particular case, they're all going to relate to the same subject. Um Sometimes we do it where I give them a stat and we talk about different things. These are all going to be building up and talking about the exact same subject. Okay. Are you ready to start, Tyler? I am. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. 24,932. 24,932. 24,932. I'll tell you, it's an amount of people. Amount of people. All right. Uh, the highest attended UNLV football game this season. No, it has to do with attendance. It does have to do with a university, but it is not about UNLV. It is not about football. It, it is the student body of a certain university. Do you know what university I'm talking about? No, I couldn't tell you student body sizes anywhere. I don't even oh. know if that's big or small for like UNLV. It's very disappointing. All right. 
24,932 was the last recorded population of Old Dominion University in Norfolk, Virginia. All right, where the hell are we going that we're starting with <laughs> Old Dominion we're student body? We're in the body. All right, uh, Old Dominion, got it. Uh, what most people say when they get a look inside my chonies is, where in the hell are we going? So good. <laughs> good to have consistency here. All right. Okay. Are we ready for our next number? Yeah, because I, I honestly do not have a clue as to what's happening. Okay. 87. Your next number is 87. 87. And these 87. Are, these are all going to okay. tie to the same thing. Okay. They're all going to tie to the same thing. 87 could also be expressed as 140. Okay, never mind. I was going to say the attendance at the last Old Dominion basketball game. <laughs> That's fair. That is actually fair. 87, you said, could also be expressed as what? 140. Oh. Yeah, it depends on what metric you use to discuss speed. Okay, so this is miles per hour versus kilometers per hour? Hey, that old miseducation goes a long way. Okay. Is that what we're saying? 87 miles per is hour? That, is that how fast Bobby Petrino was driving on his motorcycle? <laughs> you know what? I think you actually just made up a better Candy's Chonies than I did. <laughs> um, I actually like that. I, I should have gone full Petrino. I just, uh, now I'm going to have to lean into the one that I made. Uh, 87 miles per hour was the velocity that a college pitcher threw in his first year at Old Dominion University. Okay, college pitcher that went to Old Dominion and threw 87. Okay. Threw 87 miles an hour. So now what everybody in in ESPN Las Vegas land has to figure out is why are we talking about a pitcher who threw 87 miles an hour at Old Dominion University, okay? Are you, are you, are you good with that? Yes, I have not figured that out yet, so let's right. keep going. You haven't figured it out yet. Okay, so let me let me come up with another let me come up with another number here. Another number here, 3198. 3,198. Has to do with a pitcher who threw 87 miles an hour at Old Dominion University. Number of strikeouts? It is a number of strikeouts. In a career? In a career. Not just at Old Dominion. Um, uh, no. Major, major League Baseball career, I'm assuming? In a Major League Baseball career. Who the hell threw that? Who went to Old, who went to Old Dominion? I have no idea. Did who went to Old Dominion? And has, wait wait for it, I'm going to give you another clue, 3,198 strikeouts and counting. Did Verlander go to Old Dominion? Justin Verlander went to Old Dominion University where he threw 87 miles per hour. <laughs> That's not very fast. And has grown into a pitcher <laughs> That's not very fast. who has three no-hitters, five-time AL strikeout leader, two-time AL ERA leader, four-time AL wins leader, the former Rookie of the Year, three-time Cy Young Award winner, ALCS MVP in 2017, as I'm well aware, and a two-time World Series champion and nine-time All-Star. You, sir, are very cavalier about the loss of one of the greatest pitchers of his generation from the Houston Astros, and I'd like to know why that is. You left out his greatest achievement. I don't need to discuss his greatest achievement. We all know what his greatest achievement is. I actually, for the sake of time in this segment, did not include 6.4 million, which was Kate Upton's Instagram followers. <laughs> uh, why am I cavalier about the Astros losing Justin Verlander? Uh, all right. One, the Astros losing Justin Verlander is more about what Justin Verlander is going to be this season and next season and less about what he was in this past season. Is he going to be oh, as good okay. as he just was? I don't think he is going to be. Uh, two, 
The Astros should probably be running a six-man rotation this season, assuming they don't trade any of their starting pitchers for Dalton Varsho. Uh, <laughs> in which case, they should go into next season with Framber uh, Valdez, Lance McCullers, and Christian Javier might all be at a level where they should get some Cy Young votes. I doubt any of them would actually be a Cy Young winner. And then you have two average or slightly above average starters in Urquidy and Luis Garcia. And then there's Hunter Brown, who I think is going to be really good, but he has pitched all of like six major league games. But he, if he's not any good, they still have five good starters. Uh, and the Astros got a little bit of an experience of life without Justin Verlander in 2020. They lost game seven of the ALCS and 2021, where they lost game six of the World Series. They're going to be fine. Are they worse? Sure. They're going to be fine. No. And like I asked you earlier, who's the second best team in the American League? Well, I You have talked yourself. I think you are you are getting to the point where every time the Astros lose a big player, you're just okay talking yourself into eh, Springer, eh, Correa. There, there comes a point where they don't just snap their fingers and somebody like Kyle Tucker was clearly there to replace George Springer, and clearly Jeremy Pena was there to replace Carlos Correa. Are, are you trying to tell me that I should be waiting for Hunter Brown to step in for Justin Verlander? Yes. 100% I'm telling you that. Um, also, I know that's going to come to an end. It's going to come to an end because the Astros don't have a general manager, and their owner is currently listening to Jeff Bagwell, who said that the who criticized the previous front office for not having good enough player development. Uh, so it is coming to an end. <laughs> I'm fully aware of that. I just that think World Series appearance. I just think there is at uh, least a three-year window here where the Astros will be among the top two or three teams in baseball, and it could be longer than that because they've got Alvarez, Pena, Tucker, and a lot of these pitchers under team control or contract for longer than three years. Uh, but they're going to have to actually make some smart moves. But as of now, I'm fully riding on a three-year window where they can win the World Series all of the next three years. Were you bothered by them losing Justin Verlander? Not really. Wow. Okay. We'll check back on that stat come the middle of next season. That'll be interesting. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be in the playoffs, uh, and they would have won the World Series if Jose Urquidy had started every playoff game instead of Justin Verlander. Jose Urquidy. No, I thought you were going to be uh, leaning in hard on Christian Javier after that offseason. Well, he was already starting. I'm saying, like, if they had taken a guy who did not pitch except for in one blowout in the postseason and gave him all of Verlander starts, they still would have won the World Series. Well, I'm I'm certainly glad that today of all days we spent that time inside my chonies and not Bobby Petrino's. That's a good place, better place to be, a uh, better place to be. All right, coming up next, it's Jr. Starkus. Ready for the weekend? Let's find out what's on tap. We can provide you with a wine tasting tour of Tuscany. We cannot change why you drink. It's Thirsty Thursday with Jr. Starkus. Who needs a drink? From Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits, our extreme mixologist, Junior Starkus. <laughs> yes, correct. Junior Starkus. As everybody likes to say, when you see a J period, R period, you must be a junior. Yes, correct. Really? All the time. Would I, it never cross my mind to see a J, R, and call you junior? Well, you know, when, anytime I go get something where you give your name to, you know, like, like a Starbucks or something like that, you give your name to the person at the front and somebody else is saying, hey, your order's ready. 95 to 98% of the time I get junior, junior, and then every once in a while, well, 50% of the time I'll say, 
when I'm giving the person at the front my name, what's your name, JR, they say, how do you spell that? And then I say JR, and they're like, oh, not J-A-Y? And I was like, well, I, I, I'm going to ask one of these times, well, is it A-R-E then, I guess? So, I guess. Oh, you are. <laughs> J-R. Yeah. I'd, I'd go with the pirate, J-R. Yes. Uh, Jared, you weren't here for this yesterday. Uh, I just learned yesterday what Danny's last name is. I yeah, should fine. say I Smith. knew what his last name was. I was I just thought thought it was Smith. There wouldn't be the Y in it, would there? I thought it was S M Y T H. No. Yeah, there's an E on <laughs> the end. E? Yeah. Oh, there is. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I I thought the same thing as you, and I was like, I could see why they would mess that up. Like, I don't know why it's so offensive. But then yeah. if there's an E in the end, yeah, yeah, it's, that's yeah. definitely. So I just learned Danny's actual last name yesterday. There may also, I I do need to whenever I make imaging for degenerate Danny. Go ahead and put that in parentheses that it's spelled Smythe. Or ah, it's pronounced yes. Smythe. Eh, don't give his last name to anybody. It's fine. Uh, last time we talked to you, you said you had not watched any of the World Cup. Has that changed? I did watch some World Cup Thank yesterday. So just yesterday? Just yesterday. Um, <laughs> I'm waiting. Big uh, Mbappe yeah, guy. Yeah, Big Mbappe guy. I'm waiting for the, the U.S. place today, right? They're... <laughs> Get out of here. Um, so, no, a, a buddy of mine. Yeah, play Canada. <laughs> <laughs> a buddy of mine uh, is a Morocco fan. He's from Morocco, and he's a he's a Morocco fan. So, oh, that's right. That's who you were yes. eating lunch with, or something. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, well, no. He he. Yes. So he actually, um, I saw on his Instagram story. He's like, got to do it. Got on a plane and flew he out went? there. He went to the game. He was at the game so yesterday. Did you you watch that game? I watched some of it. Uh, I was at the win yesterday for a little bit, and I watched the first half. So at the win. Two things. One, the crowd was like. 80, 90% yeah. Moroccan. Two, I, you didn't have the sound on. You wouldn't have noticed this. Apparently, Moroccan fans, when the other team has the ball, they all just whistle. I heard that. <laughs> I heard that. It was like, what, I thought it was like, I was like, what the hell is that noise? <laughs> right? I, I, it, it's crazy because, so I was at the Wynn Resort yesterday watching the game, and um, I left after the first half. I was watching the rest of the game on my phone while I was at lunch. And where I was having lunch, you could hear the roar of the crowd from the sports book, which was packed, packed. Like, I couldn't, I, I, I know that soccer is the most popular game in the world, but I was like, wow, this is like Super Bowl packed, like people everywhere. With that being said, I was at lunch and, you know, like you could hear the roar of the crowd when Morocco would get close to a goal. At lunch, when France scored their second goal. I heard a guy at the table at the lunch go, yes. But there was nothing from that sports book. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> like I was like, he must be thinking about something else because nobody in that sports book is cheering at all. Right. And then as I'm watching it, my, my phone was a little bit on delay and I was like, oh my God, nobody's rooting for France. Everybody's <laughs> rooting for Morocco because when you, when they were getting close, you could hear the whole, like it was like, the you know the last leg of the Kentucky Derby as that like roar of the crowd starts getting really loud as as somebody from Morocco is getting close to the goal. That's what it was like. It was crazy, but nothing for France at all. All right, uh, what are you making us today? So, I guess leg number three of holiday, holiday cocktails. Yes, holiday cocktails. This um, looks delicious, by the way. He put up a uh, picture, um, and we retweeted it from at. At ESPN Las Vegas. It looks delicious. It's so good. And it, it's it's just basically a take on a classic cocktail called the Brandy Alexander, right? The Brandy Alexander incorporates four ingredients. It incorporates a high-quality 
cognac or brandy, some dark creme de cacao, as well as some white creme de cacao, and then a little bit of heavy cream or half and half, right? What I did is I switched it up just a little bit, and instead of that heavy cream or half and half, I used just a like a little bit of it to loosen up some coconut cream, okay? Mm. So... So the drink is one and a half ounces of Remy Martin 1738. That is my usually my go-to cognac um, for beverages. It's, it's, it's definitely higher end, but it's tremendous, and it works well in so many drinks, especially cognac drinks, that it is, it's the one I grab most of the time. Use your favorite. It'll work. This recipe will work fine. But Remy 1738, if you do not have a cognac in your house, I highly recommend picking up a bottle because it works just over ice if you want to drink it that way. So an half of Remy 1738, and then you use a half of an ounce only of the white and the dark creme de cacao. Now, I've mentioned creme de liqueurs before, um, and it does not mean that it is creamy. The creme de in the liquor world is referencing sugar content, so they are sweet, okay? So um, white creme de cacao and dark creme de cacao, which can also be used over your ice cream if you want to do so. Um, Works perfectly, half of an ounce of each. And then the last ingredient is an ounce of coconut cream, like a Coco Lopez or something like that. And I just put a little bit of a half and half and stirred it together and then poured it in. Shake it with ice, strain it into a chilled cocktail glass. Some people might put this over ice, me, not so much. I don't, I don't necessarily care for it over ice. I like it just shaken and, and uh, served up. And then garnish it again. A little bit of nutmeg, a little bit of cinnamon, either or. And that's it. And it's really a tremendous holiday-style cocktail uh, that is easy to make with all the stuff that you have in the house. Three holiday-style cocktails. Next week, we got one, one more. more? One more. Okay. And then do we not have a Thursday before New Year's? I think you got two more. Well, well, no. I mean, I'm gonna do, well, be a New Year's. I'm gonna, that'll be a New Year's okay. one. That one. But okay. this this next week, I'm gonna do. I, I think I'm gonna do a Christmas uh, Cosmo next week. I think is what I'm gonna do for you. Okay. Well, I was gonna say the official drink of New Year's has got to be just something like, with champagne, right? Uh, I was just gonna say like Red Bull and champagne. <laughs> okay. Right. It wasn't Red Bull. Was not on the top of mind. I but no, right. you get like blacked your, out, wide awake. Your your mandatory like drink is the Red Bull and something. I have an important question for you. I don't know if you were privileged enough to hear Mike Gramala tell us his dinner when we talked to him I yesterday. Did. I did. Uh, yes. For anybody that didn't, Mike Gramala, for dinner once this week, he ate white cheddar popcorn and a Whitman's chocolate sampler. Yes. Um, <laughs> which I assume is what 12-year-old Mike Gramala wished mm-hmm. he could eat for dinner every night, and now 40-something-year-old Mike Gramala <laughs> is eating that. Yeah, like, the guy who went to CVS went down that one aisle and went... Well, I don't need the grocery shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. He's like, ah, look, three for five. Uh, and Jared, Jared, you weren't here. He then complained because they uh, got rid of the molasses. Yeah, cheese. yeah. Okay, you heard. All <laughs> right, very important. Extreme mixologist. I tell you, I'm having white cheddar popcorn and a chocolate sampler for dinner. <laughs> what are you pairing with my dinner? Hmm. <laughs> Is that my first thought was porter? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so I would probably do. Oh boy. I, I would do I would do a, a probably a coffee drink, okay. something warm, because at least it would go well with the chocolate. And since it's white cheddar, I could see that working with a chocolate drink or a coffee drink as well. So I'd probably do something like um, almost Irish coffee like or Mexican hot chocolate like something something with some spice to it to go with the chocolate, or maybe a little bit of a warm or something with some cream in it to go with the chocolate. 
Maybe something with hazelnut. <laughs> the drink is going to be better than the meal. Well, obviously. Yes, 100%. It may, could, we could, and then we could do like old school style and take the white cheddar popcorn and like string it together like you used to do for like old school Christmas trees and like <laughs> use that for your garnish on the drink. Okay, how often do you get asked, like, this is what I'm eating, what should I drink with it? When I was behind the bar, a lot, a lot but yes. not like your like family or friends aren't like, "Hey, Jr., I'm about to eat this. What should I drink?" No, my wife today said she's having her girlfriends over for book club tonight, so she's like, "What are you making for us?" <laughs> <laughs> That's, and I said, uh, "What is it?" Uh, I don't know. What's... And so she's like, "Well, we need something," and I'm not going to be around for book club. That's for sure. <laughs> so I made sure I made that this morning and put it in the fridge. I'm like, "Here you go. It's in there." What's uh, What's the phrase that you always use? Portionable. Is that what are uh, sessionable? Sessionable. That's yes. the phrase. That yeah. It's always like it's a sessionable drink. Yeah, sessionable. But that. <laughs> so these girls, like, I mean, they would drink. I think anything that I put out, frankly, vermouth. If I didn't, um, I, I made something holiday like uh, with some rum and uh, and some other stuff. But um, I'll let them try to guess it. I won't give it away in case somebody's listening. But they, I did do a holiday cocktail for them, but I get I get that a lot, like from my wife, like, "Oh, girls are coming over. What are you making for us?" And I was like, uh. and so she's like, "I asked you to do this," and I said, "Yes, but you didn't put it on my calendar, so it doesn't exist." And yeah, yeah, that well, we that's we've been married for twenty years, and that's how we communicate via calendar invite, and that works very well for us. So. Make drinks for book club. Yes, one hundred percent. You better believe it. You better believe it. I like. Put it on the calendar, and I'll take care of it. Uh, it's Jr. Makes Drinks on Instagram, where you can find uh, all of these recipes. Uh, Junior, our extreme mixologist. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. You got it, guys. Talk to you next week. Cam put tremendous pressure on Mariota, which led to the Minka interception, which sealed the game. I know a lot of fantasy owners weren't happy with the fact that he didn't take it back. What did that play show you about him? Um, it just, he's a smart football player, but it also shows you just the state of sport entertainment, man. It is ridiculous <laughs> that we're talking about something other than winning, whether or not you had the Steelers defense and the fantasy points that you lost or the gambling aspects of overs and unders. I just, you know, on a personal note, I'm, I'm saddened often by, by the distractions that could become part of viewing and enjoying men competing at the highest level in the game that we all love by fantasy teams and 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 over and underlines it's uh it's unfortunate at times really um that guy displayed great situational awareness and playmaking and and selflessness in that play and he should be champion for that as opposed to questioning some of the ways that i hear him being questioned unfortunately you're locked in the press box featuring adam candy Forgot to do this before the break, so we're doing it now. Golden Knights tickets to take on the St. Louis Blues on December 23rd, and we've got a pair of tickets for you right now. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. If you want to go see the Golden Knights and Blues, call in now, 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number five at 702-364-1100. Um, this is going to be a special last segment of the show. Uh, Degenerate Danny is in. And Danny, I told Adam your uh, rookie of the year take on Brock Purdy. My, my awesome take. Yeah, yeah. I even was like, I throw for a thousand yards, go four and one, throw ten touchdowns. Like I gave him the whole thing. Uh, and um, so Adam wants to give me credit for it, right? Yeah, obviously, Adam. Uh, it's it, you're here. Danny's here to for you to praise for his great take on Brock Purdy. Yeah, I, I just I have a question about. What made your opinion that way about Brock Purdy? Was it watching two football games of Brock Purdy in the NFL 
or what price was it that you bet him for offensive rookie of the year? Uh, it was neither. Just a you know, just a feeling. You a haven't even sh- bet a shot it in the dark. I don't Wait, even think he's you didn't available. Bet this. I don't think he's available. I haven't looked. I'm ninety nine percent sure he is available to bet for offensive rookie of the year. So this is just this is just you being excited about the Brock Purdy experience, not that you have money on it. I mean, I don't have money on it yet, but once he once he lights up that Seattle yes. defense on uh, tonight, so uh, it, all aboard the Brock Purdy train. Okay, hold on, you're the degenerate on the show. What the hell are you doing? What do you mean you're waiting for him to light up the Seattle defense? Aren't you supposed to bet it before he lights up the Seattle defense? Nah. What? He doesn't want to have to drive to Arizona. Oh no! I'm uh, me and my buddy are going at like oh, Jesus at three o'clock this <laughs> afternoon. We'll be uh, we'll be at Kingsman's Wash exit right there on the side of the road. If anybody wants to come join and bet, yeah, that's I actually had a question about that because last time we talked to you, you were talking about how there is a growing population of what I can only assume to be single men who are going to this exit to bet on sports regularly. In Arizona, have you developed any sort of friendship with these people? No, the last time I went, it was probably about two, maybe three weeks ago. Um, we were the only ones there, but then again, it was also at like, I think like nine or 10 o'clock at night. It was very dark. <laughs> I had to I had to turn all the lights on around my truck just so that we could see if anybody was wandering around. Wandering around? Were you afraid you're going to get jumped? <laughs> uh, you never know what happens. Well, it's used mostly uh, for betting, but every once in a while you meet some nice people who are out there dogging. Uh, do they uh, need to, like, does there need to be, like, a convenience store, gas station, I think a restaurant should be. opened up I, there? I definitely think they should open up, like, just a small convenience store for anyone who's hanging out. Because, like I said, chances are it's not going to happen this season. But now that I know I can do this, and it's so close. Me and my buddy might just like take a little table down there, <laughs> set up a TV, you know, just just hang out and be able to live bet sports while we're down we there. You know, take some snacks grill. and stuff. Oh yeah, we're wait, we wait. might make a day out of this. Get a wait. Yummy cooler. So I, I, obviously, you don't have to name your buddy because I wouldn't want my name put out there on blast <laughs> like this. But uh, uh, he's all for it. Tell tell me more about your friend who's who's in in this with you. Uh, what would you like to know? <laughs> Does he have what a made him this way? <laughs> uh, he loves sports betting just as much, if not more than I do. Does he have money on Brock Purdy? Uh, no, he is a Seahawks fan. So he is hoping Brock Purdy goes the way of Garoppolo. Does he have money on Kenneth Walker to win rookie of the year? He might. <laughs> I wouldn't to, doubt it. Do you- do you guys bet together? Are you are you like betting partners who are putting in like, hey, we're gonna They're we're gonna, gonna get a hundred bucks contest? Or yeah, oh no 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 no. I don't think a guy who you just told me was trying to figure out how to hedge a twelve dollar <laughs> bet is in the super contest. Whoa, I thought they gave away free entries. Um, okay. So what do you guys bet together? Uh, we go down there together. We don't like put our money together, but we're sitting there and we're going over bets together. And we talk about things in my truck okay. while we're, right before we make these bets. <laughs> this is the worst country song I've ever heard, by the way, <laughs> my buddy and me are in my truck at the Kingsman Walsh. <laughs> right? This is terrible. Um, all right, Danny, give yes. me a hot tip. Give me a hot tip for this weekend. What am I betting this weekend? Uh, you are betting that Ovechkin break, uh, 
goes second on the list in scoring. Okay. Um, and, and, and in a certain game, at a certain time, where, where, where am um, I getting this wager? I'm going to say I don't think he'll do it tonight just because he had a huge game uh, two nights ago. I'm going to go with Saturday is going to be the day. Okay. Now, there, but you're telling me there's a sports book out there where I can bet, like, is this the night that Alex Ovechkin Oh, breaks? 100%. You could actually, and I almost did it, but I didn't. Uh, you could have bet the exact game that Ovechkin scored his 800th goal. Okay. And and by the way, uh, for, for anybody out there who's not used to hearing from Danny, everybody loves a good i almost bet it but i didn't segment <laughs> exactly right? exactly yeah oh he i had him but he was on my bench in my fantasy league okay, but i no, yeah, i, I did fun. take um i'm kicking myself right now because i think he's gonna blow past it i did take ovechkin under 44 goals but he's gonna blow past that is, with how and, and what doing. led you to taking ovechkin under 44 goals I thought he was gonna finish like high 30s low 40s because mm-hmm. at some point mm-hmm. he will fall off that's okay. I just wanted to know the rationale behind Plus the bet. If this was like something where it, like he was looking at natural stat trick or, or you know, Jay Fresh Hockey or, or any of those things, or if it was like I watched Alex Ovechkin and he looked a little drunk last night. And so I'm I mean, if say he, look, he, if he looked drunk last night, he's scoring four the next day. <laughs> he's going to be good. Uh, Danny, is there an open seat in your truck for Adam to come with you to make this bet on Ovechkin? Absolutely, I got three open seats <laughs> and a bed in a bed in the back, so we can we can hold probably another five or six people. You just got to be Tyler. comfortable riding in a bed from Henderson all the way down to Kingman's Wash. <laughs> okay, T- Tyler, I- I'm kind of. I'm kind of feeling like at some point there needs to be a remote involved here. Yes, Jared, I, I, I think yeah. we need to All do right. a broadcast from the Kingman Wash <laughs> with Danny doing live betting. Like, like we have we have had sports book sponsorships from time to time on the show. I, I think we should get a sponsored Arizona hit. Oh, if you yeah. guys if you guys can get me just like a. Uh, uh, like a big poster or a big banner all hanging on the side of my truck <laughs> while we're sitting there. Oh, yeah, it'll, it'll be fantastic. <laughs> See, have- that's great because all your degenerate buddies down at the wash will think that <laughs> you're like a sportsbook representative, and then you could start making friends down there, and then you guys can all get in together. Absolutely. If there's people down there today, we'll we'll talk to them, and we'll see what they're what they're betting on. Okay, I, even though I'm not going to be on the show tomorrow, I would like to have a report back on what are the guys at the wash betting this weekend because I think we could probably get uh, we could get some interest in this. Yes, that's good content. Good I will definitely I will definitely do my best. However, I am not in studio tomorrow, so that might that have might phone? have to be a phone call. Oh boy! From the wash? No, I want you calling yeah. live from the wash. Oh, okay. I could do that. I'll make a drive to, uh, tomorrow morning. Degenerate Danny's Kingsman Wash. It's where the bets are, baby.